0: Thank you for tuning in to the Asking God Why podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. This podcast approaches the Bible with the question, why? Let's look at the Bible to answer life's questions. Here is your host, Jameson Stewart.
1: Welcome back to Asking God Why. In this season... Uh, The first season of Asking God Why here with the Scattered Abroad Network, we're looking at the book of Matthew and we're asking the question, why is Jesus the Christ? And to help us answer that question, as we go through the book of Matthew, uh, usually in every episode we have a chapter or maybe two chapters, we kind of hit the high points and we ask a question. And and the answer to all these questions we're asking throughout this season all point us back to and help us to understand a, a different component of why Jesus is the Christ. In this episode, we're in Matthew 13, a, a, a chapter all about the parables of Jesus, and we're asking the question, why did Jesus teach in parables? We'll get the answer to that question in this chapter, and we'll also find many of the things that he was teaching in parables. Parables. Now a parable is often called, at least the way I've heard it described, and I think it's a it's a great way of uh, of communicating this. A parable is often described as an earthly story with a heavenly or a spiritual meaning. It, it, it's well in like Jesus tells here in the first parable, the parable of a sower. It's using illustrations essentially. Jesus used these illustration of common everyday events like a farmer sowing seed in his field, and he used that to teach a spiritual principle. Now, parables usually have one main point, so that's important to keep in mind. So why did Jesus teach in parables? Well, verse 10 through 17 of this chapter, he explains, in fact, the disciples flat out ask him, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to his disciples, because it has been given to you, to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him will be will more be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Therefore I speak in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Jesus is basically saying, it's been given to you, my apostles, uh, to basically the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are really being given to you to know this, but to them, everyone else, it has not yet been given. So Jesus is teaching in this way to communicate principles, but yet to not just come right out and maybe say something in the same way he might tell his apostles. We find that very principle in the parable of the sower, which in that parable, really Jesus in that parable illustrates the importance of receiving the seed in our own life. And the seed, Luke 8, eleven tells us, the seed is the word of God. So the parable of the sower illustrates the importance of receiving the seed and it growing. The, the disciples, he explains this parable to the disciples. And he says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. You see, this person basically didn't receive the seed at all. But he who received the seed on stony places, well, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, Immediately he stumbles. So someone else who receives the seed, but but they don't have any root. There, there's no endurance there. Now he who received the seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. unfruitful. This person actually receives the seed and grows. However, think about this as a, a plant maybe Think about it as grain or as corn. It never produces fruit. What it's supposed to, why? Because in this person, they have let the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches into their life, into their heart, and it chokes out the word of God. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So, Hopefully we kind of are getting the idea of these parables. Jesus in this parable illustrates the importance, the the significance of receiving the seed and receiving it properly, having the right uh, soil, our hearts being uh, conditioned properly. We have conditioned our own hearts properly to receive the word of God and to implement in our lives what we are hearing. So that's one reason Jesus taught in parables, and that was a point of one of his parables. Uh, Another point of one of Jesus' parables was to illustrate the difference, to show the difference between the sons of the kingdom and the sons of the wicked one. The, The parable of the wheat and the tares. Jesus tells this parable later on. He explains it. He explains it in verse 36 through verse 43. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, "'Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field.' So he answered and said to them, "'He who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, the good seeds are the sons of the kingdom, but the tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels.' Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness, and will cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Really, a lot of that is this, it's almost this, The point of that parable is demonstrating the opposite opposite sides here. You have the Son of Man, you have Jesus, you have the devil. Then you have those who are on the devil's side and those who are on God's side. Those on God's side here in the parable, they're going to shine forth like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Those who are the devils, though, they will be defeated and they will be cast into the furnace and they they will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's basically to illustrate the two sides, and the result of what happens to those who are on one of the two sides. Another parable Jesus tells is verse 31 through 32, the parable of the mustard seed. And in this parable, it illustrates the growth of the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all the seeds." But when it is grown, it is greater than the herbs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. The, the idea there is the growth of it and how it becomes so much greater as it grows. It illustrates the, the growth of the kingdom. The parable of the leaven in verse 33 is sort of the same idea. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of milk till it was all eleven. The, the idea of the growth and the, the spread of it. The, in verse 33, so it illustrates then the spread of the kingdom. In verse 44, we have another parable, parable of the hidden treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid, and for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. This illustrates the cost. Uh, The kingdom is worth the price. Verse 44 and 46, the parable of the pearl of great price, really illustrates the same thing. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who, when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. It illustrates that the cost of the kingdom, the price is worth it. We look down, Jesus tells another parable, the parable of the dragnet. And this illustrates the difference between, once again, another parable that illustrates the difference between the wicked and the good. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet that was cast into the sea and gathered some of every kind. Remember, a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. This is a parable about fishermen who go out and catch things. They would have understood this. They would have seen this many times themselves. Some of them did this every day. And it gathered some of every kind, which when it was full, they drew to shore, and they sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but threw the bad away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth, separate the wicked from among the just, and cast them into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. And Jesus said to them, Have you understood all these things? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And he said to them, Therefore, every scribe instructed concerning the kingdom of heaven is like a householder who brings out of his treasure things new and old, illustrating the difference between those who are wicked and those who are good. So you see all these parables that Jesus taught. They were a way of teaching. They were a way of teaching that connected with people where they were. You know, he's talking to to farmers and merchants and fishermen, and he's using these illustrations, connecting with them with things that they already know, they already understand, and he uses those things like sowing seed, like going out and planting crops. He uses that to illustrate a, a spiritual principle and, and what a valuable lesson we learn from the Lord here. What a powerful way of teaching. The problem is, is even though Jesus taught in parables, Jesus' own hometown did not believe him, and in fact, they rejected him. Now, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue. So that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? How does he know these things? How can he do these things? Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary? And his brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get these things? Basically, his family's just common, ordinary folks. Why is he so different? His family's here with us. Why, why is he so different? So they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. They rejected Jesus, even though they saw and they had known of the mighty things that he had done and what he was teaching they rejected him. They basically said, "Look, we know this guy's family. Oh, you know, in their mind, he's nothing special. Why, why should we listen to him? Why should we follow him?" They were unwilling to see what was right before their very eyes. So, Jesus taught in parables. Remember, a parable an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. He taught in that way to connect with his audience. Uh, Using instances and and events from their lives, perhaps some of them saw these things. You know, the fishermen, the farmers saw this every day. And he used it to take this spiritual principle and connect it to something that they did every single day. And it would really sink in with these folks. The problem is, is... Even though Jesus was the perfect teacher, people still rejected him. And so as we think about taking something home from this, making some application, I'd really like to hone in on that point. This whole chapter is about Jesus teaching in parables and what a masterful teacher he is. And yet at the end, people still rejected him. If you're a preacher, uh, if you're a teacher, or if you have ever tried to teach someone, it is very common, at least I'll speak for myself here. Maybe, Maybe you've had a similar experience I have. It's very common to do everything within my power to teach the Word of God accurately, to help people to see how it applies in their lives, much like what I'm trying to do right now. And even though... It's the Word of God, and the Word of God is what's powerful. It's, it's not me as a teacher, but it's the Word of God. That's where the power lies. Hebrews 4, verse 12. People still sometimes shrug it off, brush it off. Someone who may ha- have really needed to let a certain lesson or sermon sink down into their ears, and really sink down into their heart, that same person could shake your hand on the way out the door and say, boy, that was a great sermon. Walk right on out and change absolutely nothing in their life. And what happens in that case is, as a teacher, as a preacher, as someone maybe you have talked with someone about their life, trying to teach them the gospel, teach them the Bible, it's very common for us to feel like we have failed. But I would like to remind us of something. Jesus is the master teacher and you know what there are still people who rejected him and his message and maybe take a little side note here preacher teacher maybe you and i need to look within ourselves and if we are feeling like we are the ones who have failed is it perhaps that we're focusing on the wrong thing Is it perhaps that we're focusing too much on ourselves and not enough on the Word of God in our teaching? If we feel like people have rejected me personally, I'm not supposed to be teaching me personally. I'm supposed to be teaching Jesus and teaching Him and teaching His Word. Now, certainly we'll be let down when people reject Him, but perhaps that's another angle to this. Maybe we ought to step back and think about ourselves. So why did Jesus teach in parables? Well, really, because it was a masterful way of connecting with his audience, of teaching a spiritual truth, a spiritual principle in, a, in an everyday way, using an everyday illustration. And even though he did that, some believed him and some followed him and some obeyed him, but some Even some who knew him very well rejected him. I thank you so much for listening to this episode of Asking God Why. Hope you'll check us out on the Scattered Abroad Network. You know, leave us, uh, as you listen to these podcasts, we would sure appreciate if you would uh, leave a review. Just leave a comment letting us know how we're doing. Uh, We sure appreciate it. That kind of gives us some feedback. You know, if there's anything we need to change, hey, we're open to that, glad to do that. I hope you've been blessed by this study. Uh, I know I have. And may God bless you as you go forward. And until next time, stay curious.
0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.